On this episode, we interview the founder of a company that absolutely blew Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales by realizing over $750,000 in sales over the Black Friday weekend. They had no Facebook advertising and only sent two emails. Do stay tuned. Welcome to 2X e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kenei, answers them. Also here from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategy, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. This episode is brought to you by Clavio, the game-changing email automation tool, period. Now, Clavio is running a video docu-series called Beyond Black Friday. They're following three e-commerce brands, um, Chobby's, Sonski, and Love This Project in this docu-series. And what they're trying to do is get to understand their holiday marketing strategy and also their marketing strategies beyond Black Friday and the holiday period. So you guys can get a lot of inspiration on what to do right now, what to do beyond Black Friday. It is very, very interesting that 12 videos and they drop them every week check them out i think they're they're moving every week just check it out and uh, you know let us know what you think welcome 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 to the 2x e-commerce podcast show and this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail not at the enterprise neither for micro retailers we're at the fine middle and we get to helping ambitious online retailers looking to scale by 2x 3x and even 10x what I do is I handpick the guests that come on this show to share their expertise and experience. And if and my criteria is basically based on one question, can my guests provide valuable insights and information to help you guys grow metrics such as conversions, average order value traffic, and ultimately sales? If they can, I try and bring them on the show. Speaking of which, this week, we're talking about Black Friday, Black Friday success. Black Friday was about a month ago, but we have a lot of learnings from Black Friday. And... What I'm doing with this series is I'm going to publish it, obviously, in December, and I'm going to republish next year, you know, in November, just before Black Friday. So you guys, you know, just suck in all the juice, you know, all the information on here, um, you know, and, and just execute. Okay, so on today's show, um, I have with me the founder of, um, a product, uh, well, well, basically, these guys did 750,000 US dollars over Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, four days. That was it. The Black Friday weekend, and they just cut it off. Um, it was phenomenal because they've been in business since 2017. Um, 
that success um, is down to very clever marketing. They're restricted from advertising, and I'm going to, we're going to talk about their product. They're restricted from advertising on Google and Facebook. So the only sort of um, the, the only channels they have in their arsenal really are email and influencer marketing. We're going to talk in, in more detail about it, but they have money to build out their database and the following. And I think part of it has also got to do with their product, you know, and their delivery of the product, you know, their customer experience. Um, without further ado, um, I'd like to welcome Jay Hartenbach to the show. Welcome, Jay. Thank you, Kunli. Great to be on. Fantastic. It's great to have you. You are the CEO of MedTerra. Is, is that right? That's correct. Yeah, and you're a CBD brand, MedTerra CBD. Um, could you take a minute or less to introduce yourself, your company, and your products? You might need more than a minute, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, my co-founder and I, J.P. Larson, founded MedTerra in early 2017. I had uh, some experience in online marketing when I was in grad school. I had started an online skincare company that had some level of success and ended up, you know, kind of shutting it down after a year and pursuing a, a more corporate job. So I was working at IBM and uh, JP, who has a wealth of experience in the hemp industry, which basically in 2014 became legal in the United States to cultivate and distribute. So this is hemp, not, not marijuana. So very high CBD content and low THC, if not or zero THC content products uh, throughout the United States and, and internationally. And so uh, JP had had a wealth of knowledge and approached me and said, you know, I think there's an opportunity to start a CBD company specifically. Uh, we've got a lot of experience in working with the harm, the farmers that are cultivating hemp and you have some experience in online marketing and, and building out websites. And uh, if we, if you'd like, you know, let's, let's kind of take this journey together. And so we started Medterra and where Medterra started was a wholesale company. So we were working directly with farmers supplying other CBD retailers with high quality CBD and sometime in mid 2017, after we'd had the company up and running for a while, we started looking at the retail direct to consumer space. And we saw some, some opportunities to have some success from, you know, just, you know, running the online store correctly with dedicated customer support, as well as, you know, shipping on time and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having some, you know, kind of innovative approaches to marketing, uh, you know, we're able to build out our e-commerce store and, and within six weeks, six weeks, we were selling in, in all 50 States and then really scaled it up in, in 2018, uh, and, and kind of growing to a, to a substantial amount uh, that we're at now, as well as selling into brick and mortar stores. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Okay. So um, let's go back to the, the product and um, your product range. Um, you know, what, why would I buy a CBD product and um, how many, you know, what's your range like? Yeah, absolutely. So the people buy CBD for a myriad of reasons, you know, CBD is one of, of the strongest anti-inflammatories that is found in nature. So if we look at ailments that individuals potentially could suffer from, um, inflammation ties into about 60 to 70% of those actually. So if we're thinking anything from, you know, the, the more serious conditions like arthritis, um, or, you know, GI issues like Crohn's all the way to just, you know, kind of more common ailments like, you know, sore joints and, and muscles, um, and, and when you look at that from an into inflammatory standpoint, that's substantial. And then you also have CBD potentially, uh, being very effective, uh, in controlling some of the neurological conditions, you know, like anxiety, uh, because of some serotonin modulation, as well as some other, 
um, you know, pain relieving capabilities. Um, and we're really careful. We say may a lot because we as a company are doing a lot of clinical research and we've got some preliminary clinical research that is obviously very promising and we're building upon that. You know, we want to take it very seriously and not make this some type of fad, but CBD as a, uh, as a compound has incredible potential and, and we're seeing those results every day with our consumers. Amazing. Um, so I'm on your website and I could see um, about seven products thereabouts, two, four, six, seven. That's um, correct. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Interesting. And, um, and so and they, they, they all cater for, for varying needs. I could see it just as you alluded to. Okay. Right. So let's jump into um, why you're different. Cause I think people need to get some context about how um, Matera is different from the other CBD you know, brands out there because I've noticed a ton, you know, of sites out there, some professionals, some not so many, not so many, so, so professional. So how have you differentiated the brand um, and your offering to, to the market? And what have been your sort of constraints? I, I did mention earlier that you're not allowed to, to advertise, obviously, on Google or Facebook. So how have you sort of paved a, a niche? Yeah. So when we started Mentira, we were looking at some key differentiators to start with. So, um, you know, we're looking, you know, mid 2017, late 2017, really getting the retail brand up and running. There was a lot of CBD companies that were selling what we call full spectrum products. So products that had some level of THC in them. And some of them actually had THC contents high enough that if you took a fair amount of it, you know, you'd actually feel high. Right. And so, um, you know, it's not to say that there's not a, a need or a place for those products, but there's a lot of people that were looking for CBD only products that didn't necessarily have the risk of failing a drug test or having some psychoactive effect. And so when we started, uh, we decided that CBD or Mentera was always going to be a CBD only company and not in a uh, full spectrum product that had THC in it. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the first differentiators. Uh, that we had. Um, and now we, we've seen a lot of CBD companies kind of follow suit because that, rep- you know, the larger market, especially in the United States, doesn't necessarily want to have THC in their, in their products. The other thing that we came out was from a pricing standpoint, you know, as a group that works directly with the farmers and not necessarily through brokers, we knew what it actually cost. And so uh, we were seeing that CBD companies were charging a significant amount for these products that we could make for, you know, significantly cheaper because of our relationships, but also sell, um, you know, there is some social good in that because there, this product is very effective and we know that people can benefit from it, but it's, you know, you have to also make money as a company. And so we were able to find a balance of having affordable products or, or more accessible products than our other competitors and being THC free. And when we started, that was enough differentiation to kind of put us on our, on our, you know, kind of own little Island. Um, as we've continued, obviously the retail competition has only increased because of the space being, uh, so popular. And so what we've done is, you know, starting with the CBD tinctures, for example, which is, you know, the product that most people assume or kind of, you know, think of when they think of CBD products to now developing topical creams that are, uh, you know, kind of for more targeted approaches. And, and we've developed, uh, for example, uh, combination products that, like we call like our good morning pill, for example, that takes a proprietary blend of ingredients that enhances the CBD. So we, for example, in our good morning pill, uh, you know, our goal is to give you that kind of calm focused energy 
as opposed to having potentially, you know, an energy drink or a, a shot of coffee that might be associated with some energy, but you also have some jitters. So we've got CBD in there, which is obviously uh, calming and kind of helps clear the mind. But then we also have B6 and B12 uh, for energy. We've got green coffee bean extract for caffeine to give you some of that energy boost and then also LP. And so we think that's, that's the future of the industry because, you know, as this becomes more of a commodity, you know, as a, as an ingredient, because it's easier and easier to source, it's, you know, how do you incorporate that into other blends that people can benefit from? Because we recognize that CBD is this incredible compound, but there's other ingredients that are also uh, beneficial to, to human beings as well. Correct. And um, did, did you come up with the formulas or, um, did, you know, or, or was it your partner? Uh, yeah, so I, so I, as far as product development goes, that def- definitely falls on me. My background is in biomedical engineering. So that's what I studied as an undergraduate and uh, actually did a, a fair amount of academic research and, and then went to grad school for uh, kind of a continuation of some of that engineering work. And, and so I have somewhat of a background based in science. And then we work with our uh, uh, formulators as well as we've got clinical research that's being performed at the same time. And so we're able to kind of take some of their findings as well as our formulators and then come up with a product. But the idea starts with me, but the end product is, is, you know, I think uh, contributed by a lot of other people as well. Makes sense. Makes sense. And then, um, the the other two major points you made prior to, to our call, you know, and while we're talking, discussing, was um, dedicated customer support and your shipping time. So, and, you know, um, that along with, with your product, you know, um, you know, could, could you explain a bit more around um, your approach to customer service and, and shipping such customer experience in general? Please? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as someone that had experience in selling products online, you know, I think everyone, you know, can recognize that usually on the first order, you know, either you're losing money or you might be making a little bit of money, but there's a much better margin on the repeat orders, right? You know, cause you've got some type of acquisition cost to those customers. And so for any online company to be successful, you've got to have that good customer service experience so that people are coming back. Right. That's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's a good product too. Yeah. yeah. And a good product too. Absolutely. Like yours, yours is like a, you're replenishables, right? You know, you know, people come, over and come back and back again to, to buy once once they find a really good product. That's exactly right. Yeah, that recurring revenue stream. So we knew that customer service was going to be paramount to us just running a good company, but we also saw that our competitors didn't necessarily have the best customer service. So mm-hmm. when we were looking at the retailers, you know, even though we started Mentera in my living room and it was sometimes, you know, my co-founder and I answering the phones, we knew that we had to have some type of customer service where someone, if anyone wanted to call in during normal, normal business hours, ask about the products, but they could also ask about CBD because there were so many questions as we were kind of getting up and running because CBD in America, and I think just across the world in in general, is still something that people are a little skeptical about or or Mm -hmm. just becoming a little bit more comfortable with. So, you know, customer service, especially in the CBD industry, CBD industry is essential. So we knew we needed that from the start. So instead of having just a voicemail that people would call into, which was, you know, so we had some competitors that were probably doing you know, a million, $2 million a month in, in online revenue that, you know, didn't have a dedicated customer support line. Mm-hmm. So we knew that we, we had to have that no matter what. And then the other thing was shipping. So, you know, some of our biggest competitors would take five to seven days to ship uh, a product. And for us, you know, that was unacceptable. So if you think about any type of online offer, right, you're, you need to be shipping either that day or the, or the following day, because that's what people have come to expect. Right. And so just those two things alone, 
when we started really kind of put us a little ahead of the pace as far as, you know, online CBD companies go. And we think that's why we were able to scale so quickly in all 50 states. Um, and that's we've awesome. continued to have that dedicated customer support and that's uh, reaped a lot of rewards for us. Okay, so, so, so I'm aware that um, there are restrictions on um, advertising in Google via the AdWords program and Facebook advertising. Um, are you allowed to sell on Amazon? So you can sell on Amazon if you call it a hemp product. So we, as a company, you know, I think just out of principle, we believe in so much in what we're doing and, and that we're doing everything above board that we have CBD plastered on the front of our bottles uh, or any product that we sell. And so, you know, it'd be very easy for us to call this Medterra hemp and then call this a hemp product. Uh, but I think that that does a disservice to the industry. And so Amazon is coming around. So there's a lot of companies that are calling it hemp products, but it's really a CBD product or it's hemp oil and there's no CBD in it. And so, uh, you know, I think there is some success to have to be had on Amazon right now, but we're waiting for when Amazon truly allows CBD products and, and then we'll be starting. Okay. It's a good thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Sounds, sounds like it. Okay, Jay, um, let's jump into your Black Friday. Um, you know, you did phenomenally well. Um, and you know, a lot of it as with, you know, many other people's experiences, like, you know, making sure the base, you know, your base, your customer base, your happy customer base returns to support you over the period, obviously in exchange for really good deals. So could you sort of, um, take us back to the planning phase on how your, your thought process towards, um, you know, how your Black Friday was going to pan out the weekend and, um, and then um, we'll talk a little bit more, you know, into, you know, how you then execute it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as a CBD company being limited and not being able to, to do traditional AdWords or PPC campaigns or really even advertising uh, through Instagram and Facebook or other social media outlets, you know, we've had to be somewhat creative. And so that's where that influencer marketing really comes into play. Um, you know, working with any type of influencer, for the most part can be, you know, uh, easy, but you know, they're obviously, uh, very busy and, and they've got a lot of different competing interests. And so we started about 45 days out, you know, working with our influencers, making sure that all the product that they, you know, was seated, that they started working on the shoots so that on the black Friday that they could help us with announcing, uh, the, the sale that Mentera was doing, which was basically a buy one, get one on Friday, uh, for only Friday and then on Monday, Cyber Monday, but Saturday, Sunday didn't have any sales going on. And so we really worked with them. And, um, you know, I think that thought out process went a long way in, in you know, making sure that it was a coordinated effort and, and that they were helping push the message. So all of our influencers were scheduled to post sometime on Friday, uh, the, the buy one, get one offer that we were advertising. And, and that helped, you know, from, you know, from a reach standpoint, because on that social media aspect, um, you know, doing a buy one, get one encourages people to kind of share that, right. As opposed to a single product that you could give a really steep discount to the mm -hmm. buy one, get one's kind of an incredible thing because, you know, it's, you, you can be buying one and then giving it to your friend or your, uh, your family member, especially during the holidays. Uh, and that's what we actually found a lot of people doing, right. So they would post and then they would tag their friends saying, just bought one for you. You know, I know you've been talking about this and then that friend would then share it and, so we, we kind of got somewhat of a mini, very mini viral effect going on with our influencers sharing that buy one, get one. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that we did was really do a good, you know, I think we did a really good job of really teasing the campaign. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know we were 
you know, talking to you about, you know, people potentially leaving the sales open for Friday to Friday or, or mm-hmm. you know, kind of leave it wide open. What we did was do a really good job, I think, getting ahead of the curve instead of hammering our consumers on the Friday of Black Friday or Cyber Monday. We were teasing the campaign the entire week leading up to it saying, you know, there's something coming, you know, be prepared so that, you know, we weren't trying to be one of a hundred companies trying to get our consumers attention on that specific day. They were already on, on the lookout for it. Okay. So did you run, you, you, you ran an offer on the black Friday, is that correct? Or that's correct. Okay. 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 And then what happened on Saturday and Sunday? Yeah. So that, that was really interesting. So we ran an offer. We did not send any, uh, email newsletter on Friday. Uh, we, we send out periodic newsletters, uh, you know, and they usually have some type of discount for a product. So our users are, are certainly conditioned, our consumers are certainly conditioned uh, to expect some type of discount, especially, you know, so, you know, we've got Black Friday, we're teasing it. We even teased it in a, in a newsletter, but we never send an email on Friday. And so Saturday and Sunday, our customer service was absolutely inundated with people saying, you know, how could they have missed the sale? There was no email sent out. <laughs> uh, you know, they almost felt uh, deceived and, and, uh, or just people just saying like, Hey, I missed out on it. Is there any way to be a part of it? Or, you know, like a lot of companies leaving it open, I think they may have saw it on Friday, but never did never acted upon it. And then on Saturday when they were off work, they went back to the website and it was, you know, business as usual, there's no sale going on. Um, and so if people were really concerned about it and so we just, you know, to any of those concerns we said, well, you know, I, be on your lookout on Monday. And so, um, that, you know, I think we did two things right. And that was, you know, certainly by luck. I, you know, I think one being very strict on the dates that the offer ran as opposed to just leaving it open-ended created this mm-hmm. urgency, right? And so a lot of people missed out on Friday um, that were expecting, you know, to either be open the entire week or expecting an email. And so when we did the email on Monday, uh, you know, the open rate was incredible just within the first couple of hours. You know, I think it was something like, you know, we sent it out to about 70,000 people and, and, you know, 25,000 people opened it within like an hour or two. Right. I mean, it was, people were so conditioned, ready to, to see it because they really, really wanted it. Um, and then on Monday we ran it for 24 hours and then turned it off again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Monday was an absolutely incredible day as far as sales go. That so was, it was really a 24 hour sale. Yeah, that's exactly. That was all it was. And so, you know, that I think we're going to definitely take the lesson from that because we typically, you know, if we, you know, we've done Labor Day sales in the past or 4th of July sales, and we usually do leave it open for the week. And you've got every other CBD company that's also doing that. Right. And so if you've got a really good offer, uh, a really good discount, but you limit the time, then you really get that urgency in there. And I think we were able to actually the customers. Yeah. Yeah, and then what did you do in social media at that point in time? Were you inundated with with questions on social media? What what, what did they? When did you tell the influencers influencers to, to actually make the announcement? And um, what did you do on your social media handles on on the Black Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Yeah, exactly. So on Friday, uh, just did the, the the standard stuff that we do. So all of our influencers posted sometime on Friday. So we reshared, you know. So all of you know, for example, on our Instagram, we do a really good job with our stories of, you know, you know, kind of resharing any post that tags Medterra, right? So we were resharing that just kind of showing our consumers if they might've missed that influencer or they, they weren't following them. Um, and then on Saturday and Sunday, you know, really went to business as usual. And that's where I think it like really was effective because people 
saw it happen and then it disappeared. And, and that's why, so on Friday, you know, I think we did something like $180,000 on Friday alone, but on, uh, Monday, it was like $430,000. Right. And so, because everyone was so either disappointed if they missed out on it or they had heard about it from a friend that bought one, you know, did a buy one, get one on Friday. And then we're, when it popped up on Monday through our email newsletter, and then we announced it on social media, we got a lot of tags or people were tagging their friends saying like, Hey, look, the offer's back, you know, hop on it while you can, because it's going to get turned off tonight. So. Okay. So the, the offer ran on Friday and then it ran on Monday. Correct. Okay. Okay. Right. And then for, for, um, do, do you serve in, for your influencer marketing outreach, do you do, do you sort of calculate a combined reach of your influencers? Um, you know, some, some people like take that approach others don't. I'm just wondering what your, what your um, decision process looks like when you recruit, um, you know, um, influencers, what, what kind of things are you looking for? on an influencer or with an influencer? So we've got two types of influencers that we work with. Um, <clears throat> so we've got, you know, the, the more traditional one where, you know, it's, it's an influencer that that's sharing a, a discount code. Right. And so we're, that's, we're treating them almost like an affiliate. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how many times that code gets used and they get some type of commission on that. Um, well, we've got a lot of them, you know, I think we've probably got over a hundred at this point. Um, and so, you know, that combined reach specifically, you know, was something like 15 million followers on Instagram. Um, and that's where we do a lot of our, you know, we work with them to do advertising. We've now started entering the space where we're, we're doing a lot of more kind of sponsored athletes or, you know, kind of these really high level, um, I want to call them influence. Well, they're, inf- I mean, they're very popular on social media. Perfect example is, is a gentleman that we work with named Chris Picard, who's, uh, a very famous photographer that's got, you know, over 3 million followers on Instagram. We really don't like to to do advertising with those, or uh, we've got a professional surfer that we work with. That's uh, his name is Koa Smith. You know, that has 150,000 followers on Instagram, but is a well-regarded, you know, professional athlete with them. We don't necessarily rely on them to, to help us share and, and do advertising on, on offers because the reason we work with those types of influencers, we really want that their message to be untouched and, and unbiased. Right. Whereas, you know, I think everyone and everyone that, that is an influencer for Medterra truly uses the product and believes in the products. Right. Um, because, you know, I think our affiliate program is competitive, but I don't think it's, it's, you know, paving the way or leading the way as far as commissions go. And so I think people genuinely that are representing the product believe in, in, and use the product, but you know, when people start advertising discount codes, it's just a different message. And so we want to keep those two very, very different. So we've got our influencers that, that do discount codes that we, you know, work with them as affiliates. And then we've got our, you know, our sponsored athletes and uh, photographers that we work with separately from that. And so they were not involved in the Black Friday push. Okay. Which is down to reach really. Okay. Yeah. Okie dokie. Um, are there any tips you 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 want to give, given your experience over you know this this um, this year's um, you know event, Black Friday event? Um, you you any parting um, you know tips you want to give listeners who, who are running their stores? Yeah, I think the the two things, like the two easy things that anyone can implement. The first is building that anticipation, right? And so mm-hmm. getting ahead of it because as soon as if you're planning on sending an email out on Black Friday. 
uh, on Monday. And I totally get it right. As a small business owner, you, you've got plenty of other things going on and planning ahead for a sale where uh, you're, you're potentially earning less money on, or you're definitely going to earn less money on is, you know, not necessarily something that you want to spend your time on, but that I think is absolutely huge, right? So planning ahead and, you know, making sure that your users are, are getting your emails before any other company is even talking about it, I think is absolutely huge because um, at least they're kind of queued up ready for whatever you're going to give them. Um, the other thing I think too, is being very strict on your time, you know, so I've, I think everyone's obviously heard of flash sales being very effective. I think this you know, kind of follows that same path where, there were so many people on Saturday and Sunday that felt like they missed out. And so when it was opened back up again on Monday, they jumped on it, right? Because there was that urgency as opposed to leaving it open for the week. People forget about it. It's not, not a priority. And then they might see an offer from another company and, and go after that one because it's a better deal or whatever reason they seem to, you know, remember that one over yours. Uh, I, love, I, love, I love what you guys did, you know, um, you know, Friday sale, kill it. You know, everybody's is you know is, is everybody's unhappy. Well, they're anticipating, they they feel left out, and then you surprise them, and they're just you know the the you just feel like you know dogs just let let loose, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and they just yeah. go for it, and then you close it again, and um, you know they respect you for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I think the other thing too is you know doing you just do some quick bath, you know if you can afford to do it, doing some type of offer where someone's paying full price and they can get an additional product. Um, you know, I think it's just a really effective way. Obviously, you know, if someone pays full price, depending on what your cost of goods are, but if it, your cost of goods are less than 50% of what you're retailing it at, you're going to make more money, uh, as a, um, as a, you know, buy one, get one, for example, than if you just do 50% off, mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing is that we saw that it encourages people to share it, right? Because they might buy it for themselves and then they give the extra one to their, their sister or their friend. Um, and it just increases your volume and your reach as a company, especially if you're trying to gain market share. Yeah, absolutely. So on the Saturday and Sunday, people just bought the full price or with the discount codes they, they already had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, there was a, there was a fair amount of people that were just, you know, we obviously did really good volume on Saturday and Sunday and it was just people that missed out on it, but they, there was so much hype around it that they just bought it anyways. Um, and we, we, as look, when the, um, the logo, you know, kicked off on Sunday. Yeah. So for them, on Monday when they kicked off, so people felt they're like, Hey, I missed out, you know, customer service still is a number one priority for us. So if someone ordered on Saturday and Sunday and said, Hey, I missed out on Monday, uh, we actually went ahead and applied a, uh, a refund. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. No, I love it. You know, Bogo Black Friday, Bogo Cyber Monday, it just makes sense. And then you have that fine middle there, the, the hollow, which just, you know, creates a lot of anticipation on the Monday. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jay, for sharing your tips. Um, you've been an absolute, you know, um, Genius, you've been you've been yeah an absolute gentleman here, and um, you know really really appreciate you know you you coming on the show. Great, well I really appreciate being on, and, and thanks for spending the time with me. Cheers. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of Two X E Commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week, and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag Two X E Commerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. 
It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.